in an affluent country, we have so much food. So if there's an abundance of something, we just tend not to value it. Leftovers are a huge issue in Australia, whether it's from your Uber Eats or from the meal that you've actually prepared at home. What we're seeing out there is a lot of people are producing leftovers, popping them in the fridge, and then not eating them. And that's one of the areas that we're pushing into to try and find ways in which we can help consumers to eat that food cooked with good intention, stored with good intention, yeah. but unfortunately then left for too long and needs to be thrown And our challenge is to halve the amount of food waste in Australia, and this collaboration has funding for 10 years. Welcome to Impact, a Seek University podcast where our experts unpack their latest research in easy-to-understand language. We discover how these researchers are creating solutions to some of the world's most complex challenges. Subscribe now to Seek University podcasts so you don't miss an episode and join the conversation on Seek University's social media. Food, I guess, is one of our five needs. We all learnt that in primary school, I'm sure. And food also fuels our, our mind, our bodies, and even our communities and economy. So the question is, why do we throw so much of it away? Each year in Australia, about 40% of the food that is grown is thrown away in Australia, which is equivalent to about $20 billion worth of food. Whilst there are issues across the various supply chain elements of food production, the biggest area where food waste occurs is in our households. And that accounts for almost $10 billion worth of food waste. So we know it's bad for the environment, we know it's bad for our hip pocket, but this problem just continues to grow. So what can we do to make Australians think twice about throwing food in the bin? Hi everyone, my name is Shahan Tampapile and I'm the Associate Vice President of the New South Wales region. I've always been interested in food, primarily because I like to eat it, uh, but secondly, I guess growing up in Sri Lanka, so much of our culture revolves around food, the breaking of bread and sharing it with our friends and family. But every time I think about food, I'm also reminded by this little voice in my head And that's from my mother, who used to always say when I used to think about throwing something in the bin, Shahan, think about the millions of people who are starving in the world. I'm not sure if she knew them personally, but she always wanted to remind me about them. So I'm really excited to be um, the host of this podcast with my colleague and my friend, Professor David Pearson. David's job is to change the way that we think about food and what we can do about it, primarily around reducing the wastage of food. David is the Engage Program Leader with the Australian Fight Food Waste Cooperative Research Centre. He brings together research, industry and the community to tackle this huge issue. So welcome, David. Thank you very much, Shihan. It's a great privilege to be here and to share my working life, and um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Fantastic. So, David, maybe before we kick off, I'd like to just ask you if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit more about the Australian Fight Food Waste Cooperative Research Centre. How did it start, and what are you hoping to achieve from the research that's undertaken through the centre? Food is vital, and food waste is pervasive. 
throughout the world, we're experiencing this strange paradox where as nations become more affluent, they tend to waste more food. And this is such a problem that the United Nations identified it in its sustainable development goals. So at that global picture, we have the United Nations saying, hey, guys, this is an issue. We encourage you to think about it and see what can be done. In direct response to that request, the Australian government has funded a group of researchers, including Central Queensland Uni and myself, to contribute to reducing food waste throughout Australia, throughout the supply chain. So we have representation from organisations um, at the farming level through to processing, packaging, retailing and consumers. And our challenge is to halve the amount of food waste in Australia and this collaboration has funding for 10 years to do that. Fantastic. Thank you so much, David. And I guess um, one of the points that you just raised really resonated with me. I think I've always thought of it as because you are rich or wealthy, mm. you are able to throw something away. I remember growing up in Sri Lanka, which was a developing nation at the time, I used to see a lot of food waste even mm. in Sri Lanka to the extent where the government had to mandate the amount of food that can be produced at weddings, etc., because so much used to get yeah. thrown away. And that's a country that you would say wasn't affluent at the time. So why do we actually throw so much away? Why are we actually doing it? So, Shihan, let's, let's break up the value chain, production and things that happen all the way to get it to the supermarket. And that is a big challenge. That's a big task. And there are a whole lot of reasons why food is wasted in that part of the supply chain or value chain. To start off, I'd like to think about just the consumers. Yeah. You bring up this fascinating example of uh, your cultural background and within that cultural background, food is associated with celebrations. You, you mentioned yeah. weddings and that there's a lot of food wasted in, in that type of celebration. And that points to a phenomenon in society where um, we are social creatures, we're social animals, uh, we like interacting with other human beings, and we, we like playing games in a way. And, and one of the games we play is a status game. And certainly having a surplus food is seen as being important for reasons of generosity, but at times it can also be status. So certainly there are culturally... Um, imbued activities where food waste seems to be part of the way we've evolved. And really, in an affluent country at the, at the consumer end, we're so blessed. We have so much food. It's so available and it's relatively cheap for most people. So if there's an abundance of something and it's relatively cheap and accessible, we just tend not to value it, things that are cheap. I think the scale of the problem is probably something that really is most impactful. And for me, it's not even that dollar amount because sometimes just as a mere mortal, I can't wrap my head around what $20 billion would be like, but I can certainly wrap my head around 40%. Almost 50% of consumable food is being thrown in the bin. And I think that is really impactful. So you too must be shocked. So what actually piqued your interest to get involved into this very specific area of research? What was your drive and the thing that really sparked your interest in this yeah. area? Look, I, I've been incredibly privileged. I, I have um, 
grown up in a very stable country. I've had access to education and I've, I've um, flourished in, in that sort of environment. I was doing a master's and as part of that master's, I had the opportunity of doing a thesis. And I was fortunate to have a very wise supervisor who, who just said, so what are you interested in, David? And I went, uh, really? Can I research what I'm interested in? And he said, you must. And so this was in my mid-20s, and, and really I am continuing to do that. So what was it in my mid-20s that had got my attention? I grew up on a farm, and so I was very aware of the business side of, of farming. And I guess I was also very aware of where food comes from. It comes from, from nature. Eventually discovered that my interest was, what can I do with my visit to the planet to encourage people to make wise choices, wise choices that support the natural environment, so we'll call that the environmental sustainability, sustainability of our ecosystems, and the health and well-being. And I saw food as a great medium to do this. It's a decision we all make every day. I then um, had the chance to do a big piece of research for the Australian government around what an healthy and environmentally sustainable diet would look like and there were 12 issues where consumers can have an influence and what interested me most was the fact that as part of that research I said to the consumers which ones of those 12 are you most likely to engage in and there were two and the first one was we would consider reducing the amount of junk food that we eat and the second one was we would consider reducing the amount of food we waste. So I immediately went, wow, that's the space for me because if I'm going to be part of a group of people who help consumers change, I want to be putting my efforts into a space where I'm going to have an impact, where that change actually happens. And David, I guess, you know, thinking about you putting 10 years of your life into, into trying to change I guess, human behavior, this mentality. But surely there are times when you just sit back and just think it's as simple as Shahan just not throwing. Stop it. That's right. Just stop it, Shahan. Just, it's you know, easy. Stop that, it. That's right. Uh, stop putting so much rice and curry on your plate. Um, or, you know, don't throw that banana in the bin. Why don't you make a smoothie with it? But is that just being too simplistic in thinking that it's just telling someone to stop? Shihan, it, it, I think it's totally fascinating because it's, it's human behaviour, yeah. which is inherently incredibly complex. If it was easy, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, sure. The reason we do the things we do is for a whole range of different sources, stimuluses, motivations. It's very hard for us as an individual to actually know what they are, yeah. and it's even harder for an audience to know what they are. So what are some of the examples of great successes? 30 years ago in Australia, we didn't have domestic recycling. So in our homes, we did not recycle plastics, cardboards, bottles. Today, we are. What changed? A whole lot of things changed. That's the sort of journey that I'm contributing to for food waste. Slowly, incrementally, a whole lot of things changed so that the norm, the social norm is, we don't talk about food waste. Yeah. Because it's not an issue, because Shihan's not throwing out his banana. Enjoying this episode? 
subscribe to CQ University's podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, rate, review, and share. A great point, and I think just that point that you raised around complexity, what probably I've seen in recent times is that level of complexity being increased by the just how easy now it is to access ready-made food. So Uber Eats, Deliveroo, Menulog, etc. You know, it's been probably one of the industries that during the COVID-19 crisis has actually grown. Um, how is that playing a role, I guess, to making food waste or getting on top of food waste more difficult? Because you often overorder. You're, you're absolutely right that, that convenience has been a massive shift in, in society. Um, yeah. Somewhere around 10 to 20,000 years ago, we developed agriculture. And that meant that we could start having settlements and we could have specialisation so that some people could produce the food and some people could build the houses and other people could think great thoughts and write philosophical trees (laughs) and others could go off to war. So so this idea of specialisation has been around for a while and the Uber Eats is sort of the sharp edge of it, the frontier. Isn't it incredible? We can sit, particularly in urban environments, you can sit there at home and have a hot meal delivered. Yeah. Interestingly, from a food waste perspective, two things are happening there. Firstly, the waste associated with preparing the food is not happening in the home. It's happening back in the restaurant. And generally, restaurants are better at it than you and I in our homes. Sure. So in terms of ordering, meal sizes, storage, these guys are the professionals they they need to get it right to be profitable. So there's not as much food waste happening in the preparation, but unfortunately there's a lot of food waste in leftovers. Yeah. And and leftovers are a huge issue in Australia, whether it's from your Uber Eats or for the meal that you've actually prepared at home. And what what we're seeing out there is a lot of people are producing leftovers, so they're, they're creating that surplus, popping them in the fridge and then not eating them. Yeah. Wouldn't it be good if they could pop them in the fridge and then eat them? And that's one of the areas that we're pushing into to try and find ways in which we can help consumers to eat that food that has been cooked with good intention, stored with good intention, but unfortunately then left for too long and needs to be thrown out. Yeah, so a great point because I think my my freezer is you know just a plethora of oh, gee, yeah. of food that you're, you're but but, but I'm holding with you there. That's right. I'm holding on to some hope though that I haven't thrown it out. So I could after this conversation <laughs> technically go home, feel guilty enough, and defrost one of those meals, and I might send you a selfie of me <laughs> with, with my pasta. <laughs> so just on the the fact of leftovers and it begs the question around portion size. Now, I'm not sure if it is just an urban tale or not, but we I've often been told that our plates, just just a physical plate has increased in size since over the last 60 or 70 years (laughs) by 40 odd percent. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I do see there being an issue around portion size. When it comes to portion sizes, we've got a whole lot of things going on. In the domestic sense, I mean, in our homes, one of the things we can do is to prepare the meals and and leave them in their bulk form, if you like, in their bowls, and allow people to help themselves. So that's one way of 
if you like, um, getting closer to the person who's going to eat and, and letting them select the amount, the particular products and the amount of those particular products. So, yeah, ab- absolutely, um, portion size is a big deal. Okay. And I guess we've spoken about the, the convenience of, of having food delivered. One of the areas that I've, I've just been curious, really, about this has been the rise in popularity of cooking shows. Yes. And people are experimenting maybe with food that they have, they're not familiar with, mm. which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, food is such a wonderful way for people to be exposed to different cultures and what else the world has to offer. But I also see that maybe playing a role in mm. more people cooking, which is a fantastic thing, but therefore it also generating a lot more waste because all of a sudden you're seen on MasterChef, this fantastic meal, you want to try to replicate it. But, you know, with that comes, you know, you're probably going to have a little bit more waste than you normally would <laughs> if you made just, you know, a big stew, which you could maybe, yeah. you know, have a couple of times yeah. in a meal. There, there are academics, uh, including academics in Australia, who are looking at where we learn about food from. And certainly things like the entertainment industry, yeah. you know, including the celebrity chefs, uh, and that reality TV space is one of the many voices that are coming in to consumers and, yeah. and, and having a, an influence. Reality TV is primarily entertainment. As such, I think it's quite uh, safe and quite superficial. I, I don't see it having a, a big impact on food waste. Fantastic. So, David, I think we've covered a lot of ground from the consumer to government policy um, to the provider, etc. One area that I just wanted to touch on before I let you go was around the farmer, mm-hmm. the, the, the producer. And there is a lot of pressure, I guess, on the farmers to be able to provide product which is uniform. There is a lot of pressure there. And I know that there are certain um, large grocery stores which are trying to sell product which isn't um, perfect mm. or doesn't aesthetically look perfect, tastes yeah. the same, doesn't aesthetically look perfect. And something I've always worried about is, is there something in our psyche that, okay, this lemon is a bit oblong, it's cheap, so it mustn't be as good as this one. So, but, so I will buy the better lemon because I have the means to do that. Mm. Is there something there which we're actually exacerbating the issue by pricing them at a level which makes them appear that they're inferior. She um, complicated. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening in this space? You're right, absolutely. Every supermarket chain around the globe is developing um, the imperfect produce range. And they're, they're doing that to shift more product and to appeal to other customers' segments. So it's, it's sort of a win-win. The other thing is what happens to imperfect produce on the farm? Some of it, is never picked, so it stays on the farm and becomes compost, yeah. and that's probably okay. Um, some of it is picked, and the the it's then graded, so different grades go to different places. So the perfect produce um, may may finish up in a supermarket, may even finish up at the premium end of a supermarket. Some of it may be sold fresh, others may go into the food processing industry. And, and finish up being consumed by humans, but but uh, in, a, in a different product, maybe okay. a super, a pie or something. So the challenge that me and my team are addressing is let's try and 
extract value from the food that's produced. What do I mean by value? Well, ideally it gets consumed by a human. If that doesn't happen, what's the next best? Uh, In your home situation, you mentioned you threw your banana out. My request is please don't throw it out. Please put it in the compost bin and at least let those nutrients go back into the soil or maybe even feed it to a pet. But don't throw it out because if you throw it out, it goes into landfill, just sits there and rots and produces methane gases and clogs up part of our world that we don't want clogged up. Amazing, amazing. And, you know, I will say this, I never, ever thought that that there is a difference, and it's foolish of me not to think that, but there was a difference of putting that into a compost bin rather than just putting it into Mm -hmm. a bin. Like, in my mind, uh, that was still a waste of half a banana. But I think the way that you have framed it is that that isn't necessarily the case. So, you know, it might be the last option, but it's still a much better option than it just going into your red bin. And given we're affluent, We'd prefer to have a surplus than a shortage because yep. shortage means hunger. That's something we're risk averse. We don't want to experience that. So given that there is a bit of a surplus sloshing around, the inevitably there'll be a little bit that, that is wasted. Yeah, put it put it in the compost bin. That's a, a definite better option. Okay, fantastic. And it would be remiss of me to let you go without asking you. The majority of us will either be going to a grocery store after work today We're definitely going to be having dinner today. We're probably, some of us will be cooking. So maybe three to five points that you'd like to leave us as a consumer, things that we could maybe consider or do differently um, as we wrap up this podcast. Food is precious. An awful lot of effort has gone into putting that food in the supermarket. So please consider the purchases only buy what you think you're going to eat and then eat what you do buy what does that mean when you're at home it means look in the fridge first consume the things that need to be consumed that are on the cusp of going off put them on your plates and then make sure if there's anything left over that it goes back in the fridge and is cycled through and consumed. So don't let things go off in the fridge. Don't waste your leftovers. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, David. I think, you know, it pains me to say that my mum was right all along, (laughs) that food is precious. And uh, we all have a responsibility, I think, to do a little bit better than what we do at the moment with the food that we purchase and that we consume. So I hope that this has uh, motivated you to defrost those leftovers that you do have in the freezer tonight. Thank you so much, David, for your time. I know you're very busy and you are doing fantastic work and very proud to have you based here on our Sydney campus of CQ University. And I hope you've all enjoyed um, this podcast and taken a few learnings which you would be able to put into your everyday. So thank you so much and it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Shia. To find out more about how CQ University is changing lives through real-world research, check out our website in the description. And remember to subscribe to CQ University podcasts so you don't miss an episode.